to, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. Um, we did a on tap uh, fundraiser for Lieutenant Jason Menard out of mm -hmm. Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, and we had just an incredible outpouring of support from sponsors and people that uh, gave to the uh, silent auction we did and Tricky Trey, if you will. Um, and of course, uh, you know, we had <clears throat> a lot of different types of prizes and to be won. And one of them was a remake of Worcester Ladder 5, mm -hmm. which was the tiller that uh, Jason Menard wrote on. Um, a little backstory on that, Chief. I mean, you had built that truck previously. Yeah, I always thought, because it was a Schmiel truck, and I just, right. I thought it was cool looking. Yeah. You know, so you're like, ah, oh, I want to build that. And, and, you know, I built it and sold it to somebody a long time ago. And then, you know, when we heard about, you know, what had happened and seeing what you guys were doing, um, you know, for me to build a ladder truck uh, from start to finish is about 100 hours. But... Because I've already built it, you know, we could have probably eliminated about forty hours of all that, you know, that previous stuff. I, I build them just like the big, the big ones do. Um, Eighty percent of the work is paperwork, uh, you know, from that standpoint. And you know, we tried to, I tried to figure out a way to get it done and actually get back here with it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, if we had three more days, three more days, yeah. could, you know, you could have done it. And uh, so, you know, it, it, it's not the way that I'd hoped for, but I, I think. You know, I think it turned out exactly the way it needed to. You know, because I even got comments from his family, you know, on the face on my Facebook account, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Yeah. You know, I just figured I was cutting wood in the shop and making some sawdust and having a good day, and you, sometimes you just don't understand that who you reach and 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 what the outcome can be. So. Yeah, and and I and I just wanted to thank you from the bottom of my heart to to be a part of that. Um, you helped us raise over seventeen thousand dollars that Fantastic. night for the family, Fantastic. and um, that was, I think, in our two and a half years of doing this. Yeah, I think that's probably the proudest moment I have mm -hmm. going. Everybody, it's Rob from National Fire Radio back in the studio. Finally, how many months, Jeremy? Uh, too, too many. many. Yeah, too, too many. Four. Yeah, Tucker, we're not going to believe you because you're old. So listen, our, uh, some of our some of our last content was March in yeah. the studio, yeah. early March. So it's been several months yeah. of uh, of no shooting out of the studio. It is nice to be back and uh, with an incredible guest today. And Rob, take it away. Introduce this gentleman to my left, please. Yeah, we have Battalion Chief Philip uh, Bueller from Brighton Fire Department from Brighton, Colorado. So welcome, and also thank you. What, what, what's the what's the business that you have in the Instagram personality that a lot of our viewers are probably going to know you behind? Six finger fireman woodworking, which to me is just incredible. I mean, I'm sitting here already. So we little backstory on this, Rob. Let's roll right into this. And Chief, let's. I'm going to keep calling you Chief because I yeah. Okay. Chief, Chief is a good name because you well deserved 34 years in the fire service today. Yep. 34 today. Mm -hmm. Gentlemen yeah. like you need to hear their need to tell their stories and they need to be heard because uh in 34 years i'm sure you've done a couple things in your career oh yeah and uh it is just so awesome to have you here today um little backstory uh the chief and i hooked up on instagram because of your page uh your apparatus that you build out of wood and there, there's two of them sitting here in front of us are just incredible well thank you very much i appreciate that I do. I, it, like it's the detail orientation of, of these trucks is just off off the off the hook. I mean, I I can't get over it. And the aerial scope is is a beaut, but the one that just catches my eye obviously is this gorgeous tiller over here that sure. uh, 
you know, National Fire Radio, we rolled out It's Killer Time, a play on, on It's Miller Time, right? It's a play on words, and, uh, and it, it caught a lot of attention early on when we released shirts and stickers on it and the theme. And uh, Phil, you and I started chatting on Instagram, yep. right? And uh, and then you had said, "Hey, are you interested in, in a tiller?" And I said, "Are you out of your mind?" Of course, I'm interested. <laughs> and uh, and here we are today, uh, several several months into it. Yeah, a little bit. Well, yeah, you know, we had definitely had to build the tiller time truck. So it's so cool. And we're gonna we're gonna get to that, and we're gonna get to a lot of different things today because this is kind of a, a different story for us. Um, you know, we love interviewing the senior guy. We love interviewing guys that have been on the job for a long time um, to capture their stories. And you definitely have a story to tell today. And it's not just the firefighting aspect of it, but it's also your hobby outside of the firehouse, which is this woodworking. And, uh, and so I'd love to get into that too, and so on. And uh, Tucker, good to have you back, buddy. Thanks. It's been uh, it's been a go, man. I was isolated for a bit. You were isolated for a bit, but uh, you know, New York, New Jersey area got hit pretty hard during this pandemic. So, uh, but I'm not take Tucker down. <laughs> no. I'm back, baby. <laughs> right, right. And so here we are. But um, to have you in the studio as our first episode back is just a true privilege and privilege and honor for us to have you here. So, off Thank we you. go. I think really where I want to start really is just kind of go back to the beginning. Um, you know, Brighton Fire District. Yeah, in Colorado. Mm -hmm. So you've made a you're on a two week trip with your son Charles, who's off camera right now watching yep. us. Like, what am I doing here, right? Yeah. And uh, and you know, you you got in the car two weeks or a week and a half ago, and you set out on this trip before COVID. This was all scheduled, right? Yeah, we kind of. Well, I think a little bit through it, it was you know parts started falling into place. It it was kind of crazy for me because every time something came up it actually fit the day that we had nothing planned so to me it kind of it was it was meant to happen that particular okay. day um so yeah we got in the car last tuesday and uh if this is what it's like to be a rock star holy crap <laughs> um, on the road baby. yeah it's like go from here and go from there and there and, and you know we get to meet a lot of people uh spend a lot of great great time with a lot of great people so it's definitely uh this is going to be a story from years to come that's cool. Years to come, yeah. And and so let's talk about the let's talk about how you got here today, right? You started your career thirty four years. You told us today over lunch. You said uh, it's actually been thirty four years today that you've been on the line as a firefighter. Yeah, started, yeah. That that wow, that was a long time. Long, horses were still they weren't in the station, though. A lot of guys think so. Yeah, right. Um, I started off at uh, Mountain View, uh, uh, which is a fire district outside uh, the city of Longmont, and. Uh, uh, we were a two-person engine company, so that was, it was wrong, but man, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Um, I was I was fortunate enough to, uh, the lieutenant that I had uh, throughout the years, Tim Wash, he was patient with me, um, probably shouldn't have been. Right. He probably should have beat me up a lot more than he did, um, <laughs> but, you know, he was very, very patient, and uh, a two-person crew is, is definitely, you get really good at the job really, really quick. And uh, uh, about oh, about 10 years into it, I went to paramedic school. Uh, I was the first paramedic that kind of went to school for the department. We'd had medics in the past, but never really had an ALS program. And, and uh, you know, I got out and the guys were like, I don't want that stupid paramedic on my rig. And right, and what year, what year was that? Paint a picture. 95 okay 95 yeah so um and tim's like nope he's on my rig i wasn't going to give him up anyway and uh i got a couple of those you know you, you get out of paramedic school and, and you got a little bit of an attitude 
you know, because you're making life and death decisions. Right. And I remember on this one call, you know, here I am strutting around with my paramedic stuff. I'm going to make a big difference. And he runs into the in the house. We had a medical call, and, and the lady goes, I don't think he's breathing. And, and I walked in there, and he's dragging him down this, uh, you know, down the hallway. And I'm like, is he breathing? And he goes, no. And I'm like, are you sure? And he turns the guy around, and he's blue. And he goes, what do you think, paramedic? <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. It's, uh, I think it's time to, you know, kind of rein back on that. And, uh, you know, so I was there. I was in the training division. Oh, God, we did sometimes three or four academies a year, whether they were all volunteer combination department, right. career department stuff. Uh, got to learn from a lot of great, uh, you know, instructors from that standpoint. Um, really enjoyed the classroom port of, portion of it. Uh, got into teaching history. Uh, taught a lot about fire trucks. Um Somehow, always got stuck teaching hoes. Don't know how that happened, but uh, what, at the beginning, what kind of fire trucks were you guys running? So we were running. The first truck I was ever on was an '82 Pierce Arrow. Had the, the back was open. Um, she was a dog. Oh my God, she was that ugly yellow color. '82 um, Pierce. So that has got to be early on in the Pierce yeah, time frame. Yeah, they were. I think. I think. What was it? The I think the Arrow was their first custom chassis. It was, right. So, you know, it was it was one of those first ones that came out. I mean, God, she was a workhorse. Right. Uh, she was underpowered, but, you know, besides that, I mean, it was fantastic. You had a top mount pump panel. You know, you get those beautiful days in Colorado. You're just, you know, yeah. you're, you're the outstanding firefighter outstanding in the street watching everybody <laughs> else work. And you can see everything. Oh, you can see there. everything. Oh, yeah. and, you know, and they were, the truck was great. It was, you know, it was, all, it was really fantastic. Um you know, it was a good one to cut it, cut your teeth on. It had a two-stage pump. Right. You know, so you got to learn all of that aspect sure. of stuff. And, and, you know, we were running four-inch hose. That was before five-inch became the thing. Um, so it was, yeah, it was definitely, you know, a, a lot of fun, um, a, a great time, uh, you know, to be in the fire service. Uh, small little department we had, you know, when I started, there was nine career people. Uh, now they're, I think they're staffing six or seven houses now. Um four on the rig it's you know it's definitely changed a, a sure. bunch so. but i but i think uh you know like you said in, in your starts with two guys on an engine right i mean it, that's more the norm than oh. than most people want to admit yeah across the country oh, yeah. you know yeah. for staffing wise yeah. um you know rob comes from a, a limited staff department that you know you guys are it's me and a fireman on the engine and then if uh there's no no ems call it's another two firefighters on the uh on the ladder truck behind us and right and that's it yep so Oh yeah, I, I know. I got promoted to lieutenant. I got this great engineering man. I tell you, it, it it was so. I mean, we were together all the time. Kids call him Uncle Paul. Right. He. I know. I know all five people that babysat my kids, and he was one of the guys that was allowed to babysit my kids. You know, and I mean, we would go do stuff. I, like I'd take the line in the house by myself. You know, he'd be sitting there going, "Well, this is pretty stupid." Um, you know, but that's what you had to do. So, um, really good at pulling ceiling with, uh, with an automatic nozzle get it nice and wet, jam it up in there. Just started yanking with the handle. You know? Do you hear that? That's another reason for the pistol grip. That's right? just uh, throwing it out there for, <laughs> for those that think pistol grips need to be sawed off and thrown in the dumpster, you know, but, uh, yeah, you know, and then, you know, once Paul would get everything set up, he'd come in and back me up and, you know, we did a lot of fires that way and, and, uh, we protected a good portion of I-25. So we got some pretty nasty car wrecks wow. and, you know, we got okay. really good at extricating and, and uh not much of the fire district had hydrants so we were really good at shuttling water too so i mean it, it was definitely 
for me, it was really good because it was this full encompassing aspect of, of firefighting. You know, we didn't have any high rise buildings, um, but you know, we did have barns. Um, barns really burned good and hot <laughs> and hot. Yeah, and hot. <laughs> you know, and and so yeah, it was that was definitely uh, you know a lot of a lot of fun. So when you made that jump to lieutenant, what Paul was, um, you know, your engineer was like, how how much time did he have in the department? He probably had. I think three years as a volunteer and probably a year, year and a half as a, as a paid guy. Right. So, um, and, and that was great because, you know, when they're, when you're still new at that, learning something every day is, you know, is fantastic. And, and the department was mostly volunteers and, you know, and typically, you know, paid volunteers kind of mesh. I love the volunteers. They, they were a hoot and a half. We, you know, we go to any training they were doing and, and, uh, uh you know, spend time with them, get to know them. Cause you know, you may have at one station, you may have guys that, you know, we're an IT business and then the other station had a bunch of farmers and then the other guys were blue collar workers. And I, I remember going on fires where we needed a front end loader and one guy would be like, I got a cat key, I'll go get it. You know, and you're like, okay, start ripping it apart, you know, <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. which is, which was great. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they, and they all wanted to be there cause you know, they, you know, they definitely wanted to be there. And, uh, uh, one of the things that Tim set up with me when I was driving, he's like, we get there and then the volunteer rigs first. You just go up to the pump panel, make sure they got everything. If they need your help, you stay there. If not, you know, come on up. And and it was great, you know, to go up and say, okay, what do you need? You know, yeah. oh, this is going well, this is going well. What do you think about this? Oh, yeah, I've, you know, I've tried that. You know, wouldn't take over. You just kind of sit back there and watch them for a little bit, you know, and, and let them do their thing. And, and that was definitely, you know, a lot of great friendships. And, I mean, we could go for hours and hours on stories of, of sure. things that you've seen and, and, you know, and then, you you know, you got to do and... and yeah, it, it's been fantastic, fantastic. So fast forward a little bit, right? I mean, your beginnings, you went from a smaller department, right? Mm -hmm. Now, in your area of Colorado, though, you've seen growth as well, right? Oh, I mean, crazy areas, growth. Exactly. Crazy growth. So maybe you could talk about that a little bit because that probably impacts your fire service career as you go from a two-man engine company in your first, you know, yep. in your early days to becoming a battalion chief now in a department that is sizably you know well, larger yeah with five stations in brighton I, I got there in 2005 um did some stuff in training you know helped them get their training division up and running because they just transitioned from an all-volunteer department to uh somewhat of a combination to almost a you know a completely career okay. department and now we're completely career um, we got five houses uh, we're running five companies uh, we have a local ambulance service that lives in the stations with us uh, we're in the process right now of remodeling the station. So at the station that I'm at, there's 10 of us. So from being two people to 10 people, it's, yeah. you know, and it's, and it, and it's, it's great. You know, uh, we've got, uh, got a couple guys that are my age, um, you know, a bunch in their thirties and forties and, you know, and some 20 year olds. So it's, it's kind of nice to see the organization balanced out. Good mix. Yeah. And when we're, you know, full staffing, we got four on five, we got four guys, four guys and girls on four of the engines and the other engine has three. So sometimes with staffing, you know, we get down, guys going to school, injuries, stuff like that. We'll have three on all the rigs. Um, but yeah, it's it's great. I mean, it, we still, most of the district is, it doesn't have hydrants, so we're still shuttling water. So I, I always like shuttling water. That's, that you know, that definitely is a lot of fun. And, and you know, see five or six tenders, or as I prefer, we should call them tankers, um, lined up, ready to move the water. And, and, you know, and that adds that extra dimension uh, you know, to fight in fires and, and you know. And well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, you know, you, you have a, a lot of urban areas where, you know, the water supply is never an issue, you know, yeah. unless catastrophically there's a problem, right? Right. 
But, you know, when you have to start worrying about where you're getting your domestic water from and you've got to start yeah. calculating how much fire versus how much volume I need versus, what, you know, where it's coming from. I mean, that adds a whole new yeah. dimension to the how game. How quickly is it going to get on the road, you know, depending on where it's from and yeah. Yeah, travel times? Yeah, else. most definitely. You know, most urban fires, you know, you're limited to how much air you can breathe. And, and that's the limiting factor. And, right. And, you know... When you get out there, it isn't the air, it's the water, you know. It, it, so do you have a water supply officer? Um, we try to get to that. It just kind of depends on the, you know, on the call volume and, you know, how big the fire is, where we're getting, uh, we're getting the tenders. So in the north area of Denver, where we're at, we're the only department that has tenders. So we, we can't call anybody else to, you know, to come in and get right. stuff. So um, we do have some that, you know, that can come in, but, but it's definitely a truck to get them there. Yeah. But they're really good at, you know, the guys and gals are really good at getting set up quick very effective at moving water and, and uh you know you get, always get that fire we had one here i think it's a couple of years ago you're like i need 400 gallons i need 400 gallons we're good we're good we're good and the guy's like i got 200 and you're like ah. <laughs> oh no yeah. spray it a little bit more efficiently or yeah right yeah and, feeling more. and they go out of water and you're like oh. yeah all right well in 10 minutes we'll get to try it again back up and, and start again so yeah that's tough that's yeah. tough i mean that, that's just one of those that's just one of those added uh, stress values you I, know i think one thing that kids don't or say kids but like younger people in the fire service don't understand today is i remember growing up in sullivan county before we all had like a portable radio mm -hmm. and your clue that you would be out of water is a line would go limp and you'd be like uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Hey, what's going on? Like, we're waiting for the next shuttle to come in. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I, yeah, we've, you know, we've had stuff like that where you just kind of look down there and you can see them all running around and you go, one, two, three, tenders long. Yeah, they'll figure it out. Yeah. They get figured out and we'll go from there. So. Yeah. As you see the sprawl, though, right, in your, in your district, obviously, since 2005, since you got there, went from a small department that keeps growing. Mm -hmm. Are they building out the infrastructure to support that? Yeah, they're getting there. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, the growth is in is more than they've ever seen. Uh, the city is very good at, you know, at planning for that. The, the fire district, um, we're kind of in a unique position. We have a brand new fire chief, a brand new deputy chief, a brand new operations chief, a brand new training chief, and a brand new fire marshal. Wow. Hopefully when I get back, we'll have the brand new fire marshal, but, um, you know, and, and are these out of district hires um, or well, are they... actually the, the fire chief isn't. Okay. Um, he, he, uh, he started another department, worked his way up through the ranks in Brighton and he's now the fire chief there. And, you know, I've been through a lot of fire chiefs. I think he's my 18th fire chief that I've had in my career. Wow. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, for the first time it, 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 you've, it's really, it's a really solid group of command staff and, you know, and they, they basically, they started it and then the next day they go, Oh, COVID. And like our training chief, um, he lives uh, a little bit north and his first 60 days at the fire district was at his house. You know, he, he didn't even come into work because of, you know, doing the telecommuting and all that. So they definitely had some big, you know, hurdles that they had to get over. Yeah. And they, I mean, they did a fantastic job. Um, you know, we had all the information we needed. We knew it was going to change every day. It wasn't going to be the same as it was in the morning when it come to the afternoon because, you know, we were fortunate. We were a couple weeks behind you guys here on the East Coast. So we got to watch what you did what worked for you, what didn't work for you, you know, and make the adjustments. So um, we're kind of getting back to normal. I don't think we'll ever get back to the way it was, you know, prior. I don't think we're going to see our administration staff. They won't always be up there. Most of them will be still doing stuff from home, um, you know, for this foreseeable future. But uh, yeah, it, it went very, very well, uh, you know, from my standpoint. Um, 
the with the hospital-based ambulance service, uh, the the supervisor for the shift, me and him got a lot closer. We talked a lot more, which you know, looking back, like should have been doing that about seven years ago. Um, got a lot of great excuses. None of them really matter. And so now we'll just move forward from that standpoint. So well, that's what it is, right? I mean, I think a lot of this is we can't dwell. We're, we're learning new practices, and whether you like it or not, a lot of this is not going away anytime soon. No. Nope. Nope. And so you know, we you know, in the fire service, what do we do? We always have to adapt and overcome, right? Absolutely. So, you know, I think that's where we're headed. It's just, um, I think real conversations need to happen and we have to understand that there is going to be change and there is going to be moving forward. You know, I think sometimes we get stuck too much on the, on yeah. the traditional past of, well, we, you know, doesn't mean we can't go back to it. And well, yeah, but there might be better ways. Or just right. emotion. Yeah, emotional. Emotional yeah. Always, like uh, you, you watch a lot of guys fall into that pitfall where they'll emotionally attach themselves to an opinion or a belief. And it unfortunately blocks out any kind of, I don't want to say progress, but it, it can be very detrimental to an organization. So. And I think probably one of the best things about the COVID outbreak is there was nothing traditional about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, as I would tell my guys and gals, I'd be like, everything they used to say no to, we got to say yes to now. And we got to try it because I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if it's a good thing. I don't know if it's a bad thing. So. Um, I'm hoping, you know, from that standpoint, that that becomes kind of the new mantra for the fire service that that what used to be no needs to be yes now. And and let's try it. Maybe it still doesn't work, but give it a shot. Can you expand on that just a little bit more? Because I think that's a great perspective um, because we do have that, you know, mentality. And that's I, 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 I just liked that the good thing about COVID-19 is it not it wasn't there's nothing traditional about it. And right. So, like, you know, just kind of, you know. So I think you've, you've, you've got somewhere where, where that came from. Yeah, and, you know, like for me, being the battalion, I, I didn't go on the calls. Um, so I didn't understand what they were doing. You know, it's easy to say, oh, well, that was another medical call, and you guys put this on, and you put that on, and you rubber-gloved, and you did all that kind of stuff, and we taped up the ambulance, but I wasn't doing it. I, I didn't understand it. So for me, I tried to spend a lot more time listening to what they were saying, and the big thing that it came for me was, watching the stress level that they had because you know you, you come back and like when they ran their first one they're like well am i going to take this home yeah you know to my family uh, you know and all that kind of standpoint and you're like well we're pretty sure that this is gonna you know this is gonna work for us but yeah we're not 100 percent sure so i and i think for the fire service that's always difficult because you know if, if your department tomorrow tomorrow says oh we want to start transporting oh you just call all the departments that are transporting you know, what was your good point what was your bad point what worked what didn't work you know and like for us in the north area we call the other departments and go well, what are you doing well we're trying this how's it going i don't know we've been doing it for six hours we're going to see how there it was goes. a lot of that yeah there absolutely. was a lot of that. so and, and i think for a lot of us uh there's very few times in our life that we do something that's never been done before you know you put a deck in your house how many people can you call Say, hey, I got to put a deck in, you know, you know, oh, I know this guy, I know this person. Hey, do this, hey, do that. And with this, there there was nothing, Yeah. you know. For right. my, and But the great thing from my standpoint was, is now because there's nothing, I get to build it from nothing. So you, you can't say, well, you can't go down that path because in the past it's done this. So um, like I would tell the guys, like, you know, they, uh, you know, they'd be working out, like get the ambulance crew in there to work out with you. Guy's got to blow off some steam. You know, don't worry about what it is. You know, I know that they're a separate organization from us and I want them to keep their identity, but, you know, start crashing down those walls because you're all in it together. So I used to tell people, 
you know, I was in charge of uh, 20 firefighters and now I'm like, now it's 20 firefighters plus seven paramedics. So, you know, we, we got to get past that thing because they're out there, you know, running these calls and, and, and we got hit. We didn't get hit as bad as some places did, but we might've, and you got to be ready for that. Yeah. And, and not knowing what that's going to be was definitely, you know, definitely challenging, but good, you know, cause it was new and you're like, Hey, you can get that little enthusiasm, get a little pep in your step. Um, you know, the, our, our new operations chief, uh, you know, he's writing a new policy almost every day here. Okay. This isn't working. Let's, you know, let's make that, you know, that change. And, and so part of the thing when we decon the ambulance is now we use a, a spray gun, you know, to, to decon stuff. And at the beginning they're like, well, should we decon the ambulances? And like, why wouldn't we decon the ambulances? And they're like, okay, perfect. And then the next thing you know, police cars are showing up. Yeah. So you're cleaning the police cars from, you know, from that standpoint. I think that was some of the frustration though, too, for guys on the line that every single day, and even the officers, even for yourself, as a battalion chief walking in the building, you didn't know what set of orders were coming down that day though. Yeah, but that's okay. Cause I got in that mindset of never done it before. So, okay. Yeah. So no is now. That's yes. a good way to put it. Yeah. So it, yeah. to me, it was that, that part was kind of neat. You yeah, know, to watch them um, develop it and, and come up with different ways to, to handle situations. That's a good so. point. That's awesome. Thank you. So, in your 34 years, this has got to be one of the more challenging times that I have to think. I mean, you, you've yes. gone through a lot, you've seen a lot in over your years. Um, I have to think now more than ever, this is this is a super interesting time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it you know, it definitely, definitely is. Um, you know, like I said, we got some of the older older people so you know they get where i'm coming from with you know with my stuff the younger people you know, they're different and i wasn't you know when i got in i was different than the old guys that were there so trying to find out you know what works for them what doesn't work for them um you just gotta i talk a lot more to them and uh, one of the advantages i have is i like to talk so um, we can easily make this podcast go about 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I so, love that. And it, but what, where I was going with this, right, was I kind of had a feeling you were going to go on that avenue because at lunch, right, we grabbed the quick lunch before we, we mm -hmm. did this just to get to know each other a little bit. And we were talking about um, the difference in the generational uh, thinking, that how we communicate, uh, you know, and that your firehouse is made up of older guys, middle-aged guys, younger guys, and it's mm -hmm. connecting. And I... I think, you know, you talked about getting out and being on the floor with the guys and communicating mm -hmm. with them. Um, now more than ever, it's so important to communicate from the top down, but also to listen from the bottom up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I get, I'll get the young guys come up and, and uh, I remember one day we we're at the station and, and uh, one of the guys worked construction and he goes, well, let me talk to you a little bit about management. And I was, you know, I was a battalion. I'm like, okay, you know, go. And uh, I had the engineer sitting next to me and he kind of did the, yeah, here we go, right? You know, yeah, and and I was like, go, and you know, and he shared his thoughts, and I'm like, okay, well, I, I appreciate that, thank you very much, and you know, when he gets up and he walks out, and the engineer looks at me and he goes, how'd you keep your cool, man? Because I was about ready to tell him where to go, and I'm like, well, what happens if he knew something I didn't, and and we're gonna be in a situation where I, where I have to do something, I I need that that information because for for my organization within my battalion. When something is bad, they're all looking at me, and I'm gonna pull from anybody that I can pull from. If if you're 14, if you're 86, you never know. Yeah. I, I I just don't know, and and I and I want to be ready because I don't I don't want them to look at me and go, "What do you want to do?" I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were we were fighting this uh, uh, horse barn fire, and uh, w you know. 
the eastern part of the district's kind of the plainy part of the state and uh the dispatcher came back and said hey we got a funnel cloud in your area and i look up over the hill and i'm like yup that's a funnel cloud Yikes. so i told one of the tenants i'm like you just keep your eye on it and he goes well, what are you going to do when it gets here and i'm like i don't know they didn't cover that in fire school we're gonna have to figure it out <laughs> we'll figure it out he's like can we lay under the trucks i'm like good idea yeah we'll, right we'll see how that goes yeah. so you know and you're trying with all your might to say go farther away go yeah farther away so you know i don't know i mean yeah, I get days, you know, like everybody else where I come in, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Right. And, and those days I just go in my office and, and uh, you know, try to pull my head out of my butt and then go back out and say, hey, you know, I've got something new to learn um, from the newest person, you know, to the oldest person. I don't know where it's going to apply in my life. I don't know where it's going to happen. Um, you know, when we get into start talking about the trucks, I got a lot of stories about, you know, the best way to solve a problem in a firehouse is just start talking to everybody. Because everybody's got an opinion, and just before you know it, you're going to find that solution, and you go, "Oh, there it is." And I had one guy; um, uh, he was one of the lieutenants that worked for me. He was the guy I go to every time I had a, I got stumped, right? Because he just would say, "Well, what about this?" I'm like, "Ah, thank you. That's yeah, that works. Yeah, right. right. That's, like that. that's it. Thank you. Thank you yeah. very much." So, yeah. Well, that's cool. But I, I think that also too kind of rolls into. Um, what I've gotten to know about you with your desire to learn history, your desire to learn uh, information, to educate yourself, right? We talked about training earlier, but I kind of want to roll into, you know, six-finger woodworking, right? Trust. I mean, let's let's talk about this a little bit because you are, you and I have, we talked back and forth on the phone, we communicated through text and instant messaging and all that, right? and so on, and I just, I always took away from our conversation, it was like uh, just educating myself with, with the wealth of knowledge you are when it comes to apparatus and, and what you enjoy talking about and, and learning. And so maybe we can roll into this a little bit because we're sitting here and I'm constantly looking at these two, right. you know, these beautiful uh, pieces. And I mean, it's art. It really is. Um, I don't know. You call them models? Like, what do you what do you refer to them as? I, I just call them trucks. Trucks. My dad likes trucks. to call it uh, art and he always asks me where my beret is. He likes to have a little fun with that. <laughs> So my uh, my great grandfather, grandfather, dad, and uncle were all volunteer firefighters. So, um, and my household, uh, you know, with my kids when they're over, it's a fire station. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. There's there's I love ribbon, that. you know. There's joking, but at the end of the day, everybody's pulling their own weight. Um, you know, I do most of the cooking; they do most of the cleaning, and uh, you know, and it works out really, really well. And and. You know, I hope over time that the, the kids have learned that they have an opinion and their opinion matters. And, and uh, you know, we brainstorm ideas and, you know, talk about different stuff. Um, uh, you know, of course, Chuck's over here sitting and uh, he does uh, he does turning with wood bowls. And, you know, he'll ask me questions and I'm like, dude, I have no idea. I might just give it a shot, see how it goes. So, cool. now, you know, he's the expert when it comes to doing that in the household. Um, yeah. His sister, um, she's on a... A, a really cool educational task and it sounds like she's going to become a surgeon and uh, wow you know so that's pretty neat and yeah you know and they each got a boyfriend and a girlfriend and when they're all at the house you know it's just like a mini fire station and i'm the dumbest one in the house <laughs> but i'm happy i feel the same way man that's hysterical i'm yeah. the same thing at home absolutely oh yeah yeah so like when we were doing um when we made the big lighter truck so that one of the fun thing is everybody likes to give themselves jobs within the business um, I'm the labor force yep. and everybody else is upper management. That's right. So they, they pick <laughs> titles all the time. And, and my daughter goes, well, I'm the social media director, international sales. 
So when we did the big ladder truck last year, I, the Facebook account just blew up. Oh, I mean, sure. I normally get 5,000 views. We were at, you know, I think when it finished up, it was around 200,000. Yeah. And, you know, and I come, I went upstairs, took a shower, started cooking dinner, pull up the phone. I'm like, it's at 90,000 and there's 37 questions. And I go into the phone and I'm like, okay, social media. There you go. Go do your thing. And she's like, I'm on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, but that's, you know, that's, that's definitely the, you know, the, the, the coolest part about it. Um, You know, it is a hobby. It, it makes a little bit of money, but the, the biggest thing is, is things like this. Yeah. Um, that's the part of it that's made made it crazy. You know, when we started doing this twelve years ago, um, if you'd have told me that you know I'd be in in Pierce's booth at FRI, yeah, I, I cool. would be delivering stuff to the you know the Pennsylvania State Fire Marshal's office. Um, we'd be doing fundraisers for uh, the National Firefighter Fallen Firefighters Foundation burn centers. You know, up here with you guys building stuff for Volvo, I'd have been like, nah. You know, I'm just a guy with a bandsaw and sanding some wood down kind of a thing so uh the journey has definitely been utterly fantastic so yeah so i don't i don't even know where to begin i mean maybe we we begin at the beginning because um you know i have a lot of things i want to talk about about you and about the process and and the and the product but maybe we just start at the beginning i mean go ahead rob i want to find out because you said it before in the beginning of this uh, when we started talking about how you got into the history because i think the history and this what you did here between the aerial scope and then the and the tiller truck kind of go hand in hand mm-hmm. because I like you said before like you know, when we had this uh, offline conversation about like talking to us about what details to put into the truck right and how like and I, I just think that's a great like segue into this because it's you have this history and then you have this skill and they meld together yeah There's a little synergy going on there yeah it worked out really well you know I always thought. Um, when I got in the fire service that I'd be building fire trucks. Um, I thought they'd be real fire trucks. Right. And uh, <laughs> God has a sense of humor. And, uh, <laughs> and here we go uh, with that portion of it. Yeah, I, you know, I found the history at the beginning, you know, just wasn't that big of a deal to me. And uh, one of the guys, the training chief uh, at Mountain View, he was really into it. And then he just posed the question one day, you know, like, where'd the first fire pole come from? And the internet just kind of started coming out so you could actually research right. stuff and then God, next thing you know, hey, look, there's a reason behind the Maltese cross. Oh, look at all this stuff that's on there. Oh, look at this, look at this. So the next thing you know, I'm buying books and I'm, uh, you know, I'm reading about the, uh, like the Ringling Brothers and Bartim and Bailey Circus. If you ever read that book, you will never take your kids to a circus ever yeah. again. Um, the Beverly Hills Supper Club Fire. You, you started reading stuff like that and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, and, and you watched how historically the same fire happened over and over and over and over and over again. And you're like, well, how, you know, how are we going to learn from this? Um, the, the North Area of Denver, they, they do an academy and for a couple of years. I got to go teach a history class, you know, with them on that. And, and they would give you an hour and a half and you're like, okay, um, everything's important. There's a lot of stuff. So I can do two hours in an hour and a half. You just have to sit down and hold on because I'm not going to breathe. Yeah. We're just going to go and we're going to go. And, and. You know, there's this section that I, I always called uh, interesting, useless information. So, you know, like how did blackballing start? Well, that started in the fire service, you know. Yeah. Um, front wheel drive started in the fire service. All wheel steelers started in the fire service. You know, you would talk about things like that. I had a Dalmatian dog for a while and got into the history of the Dalmatian, why the Dalmatian was in the fire service. And it, it just, to me, it just became so fascinating that everything that we do in the fire service, there's a reason. 
and it's not where other businesses they do stuff and they, because they just do it. But you can go back if you if you want to dig into it enough. You can say, okay, I go to this training and and this individual is talking about this, and you push them enough, they'll go back through the history, and then you get to the beginning and you go, okay, now it makes sense. Now I understand why you you know why we do it that way as opposed to you know that person that goes well because I told you so. I love that. You know? Now when you're building a piece. Like, because you said before, one of the things that we also talked about, um, you related to us, like you never actually saw a, a Baker aerial scope. Right. Because where you're from in Colorado, you don't, like, you typically you don't see that platform nope. out there. Um, so, like, and just, and, and what we're looking at uh, for those who are just listening in is uh, Dale City Volunteer Fires Tower, tower Ladder. Um, the chief built two of them, one for Dale City and then another one that's going up to Seagrave. Up to Seagrave. And that's yeah. the one that we have here in the studio with us. So in this process of doing this woodworking you're also learning about oh yeah oh lots about it like yeah. i didn't know that it was kind of interesting because when we were down there yesterday and, and the guy was showing us the truck the way the boom extends there's actually a lift cylinder inside the boom mm -hmm. and i was like oh yeah look at there i never i didn't notice there were no lift cylinders and you know for them they you know they love the truck but i walk around the truck I'm like oh i didn't see that i didn't see that i didn't notice that what's this what's that kind of a thing and you know, you get, I get a lot of good pictures from people, um, you, you know, when we go through the process of building the truck, but still, as you look through it, you're like, huh, that's interesting. I wonder what that is. Uh, you know, the guy that, that had the, the tiller we were on a couple of days ago, he's got the, that same American LaFrance tiller. And I finally asked him like, dude, where do you put the gas in the truck? Cause I've been looking for a gas cap. And he's like, oh yeah, there's this little compartment right over here. We lift the light up and, and that's where it goes. And you're like, oh, I knew it had to go somewhere. I mean, I don't think this thing's been <laughs> running on magical power since it right. was built. So yeah, it, it definitely, uh, that portion of it's great because, you know, for me, I always get to see trucks differently. And then, you know, when you open up the magazines that are coming out or or as, you know, the builders add stuff to their website, you're like, huh, that one's kind of different. Yeah. I wonder what's about that one and, you know, kind of look at it. So I get to help out specking the trucks at Brighton and I'm getting towards the end uh, of my career. So I have an engineer um, and he's a big fan of the show, and he's going to be really jealous that I'm here. Of this yeah. show? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. You've got to give a shout-out. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, Mikey. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, Mikey, what's up, brother? Yeah, you got an open invite anytime, pal. <laughs> you come east, you look us up. Yeah. But that's, listen, we'll make that, when we make our uh, yeah. West Coast swing, we'll yeah. uh, we'll have to come over. And right? he loves tillers. That's cool. And he's a big tiller time fan. Awesome, and awesome. Kind of what was your first truck, and why did you build it? Okay. All right. So we're gonna dive into this. Well, we gotta get into the story. Right. I mean, let's get yeah, into the story. How did it start? Where like? Let's back the story up a little bit. So when I was a kid, um, my dad does woodworking too. So he built me a, a wooden semi truck and a trailer to play with. So it had bolts in the axle, so I could run it all around the ground. And the neighbor behind us, he built one for me as well. But the one my dad built, the hitch point was on the tractor. The one my neighbor built, the hitch point was on the trailer. So you couldn't move them back and forth. So for God, five, six, seven years, I was pissed off because I couldn't <laughs> move them back and forth. Never dawned on me to just say, hey, Dad. So he got old enough. That's hilarious. And I, and I give him yeah. the trucks. I'm like, check it out. I said, I had these trucks when I was a kid. About six seconds into it, he's like, you can't change the trailers. And I'm like, yeah, that pissed I, me off. Too. I know. I'm like, that's so wrong. And, and he goes, well, and I'm like, dude, I'll just build new ones. So I hadn't done it before and, you know, I did some woodworking and stuff like that. So, um, you know, just came up with a concept and I said, okay, this is what a semi-truck looks like. Cut it out on the, you know, the table saw, the chop saw, the band saw, I did some stuff like that, made them. And then I took them into work and, and, you know, one of the guys is like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, that's going to be something he's going to have forever. 
And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a you know pretty good year or good idea. And it was in 2008, and and you know the fire district didn't pay very well, and and I was afraid that a lot of the guys weren't going to be able to do good stuff for their kids for Christmas. So I'm like, hey, you know what we'll do? I'll just figure out everybody that's got a son. We'll make them a tractor. We'll make them two trailers, and the trailers will be able to interchange. That was the big thing. So I was kind of talking to him about it, and this was like in August, and and you know I get the one guy that comes up, he goes, I don't have any boys. I'm like. Ah, crap, I didn't think of that. So so now I'm figuring out a way to make a cradle, and then I'm figuring out a way to make a little Adirondack chair, you know, so depending on the age, you know, the girl would get whatever it was. So we invited the whole shift over. I had 13 tractors, 25 trailers, six chairs, nine or eight, oh my eight or nine, you know, cradles in the garage, and everybody's over opening up. We're like, hey, Merry Christmas. That's cool. And one guy goes, hey, you ever thought about building a fire truck? And that's what started the whole thing. So, and when was that? That was in two thousand and eight. So I always tell people, be careful who what you say to who, because you don't know what the outcome's going to be. And here's the outcome as of. Now, do you always make stuff out of clear pine? Or, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So part of the the process with the the clear pine is there's a couple reasons. Is um, now the machine that I use uh, it uses a router bit and and it's a sixty fourth inch in diameter. So if you went to an oak, that bit would break almost instantly. Yeah, you need so to the pine is nice and soft. soft right? to yeah. do. And then second of all, it keeps the cost down. Yeah. Um, you know, because... Well, you have a lot of pine where you are. Yeah, we do have a lot clear of pine. Clear pine's expensive. Yeah. And <laughs> I just use standard pine. I don't use I don't use the clear pine. Okay. Um, you know, because, you know, firefighters don't have a lot of money, and, and I don't need all these trucks in my house. Um, so that makes it so we can sell them, and, you know, we can get them out there, you know, to everybody from that standpoint. So... Like the first one that I built, oh my God, that was horrible. I mean, it was cool at the time. You showed me pictures yeah. of them yeah. on the, on the shelf. It, it's just a fire truck. That's, oh, there's just some engineer. It's just got a cab. Yeah. It's got a couple of discharges. It's got a ladder rack. Um, you know, there isn't much to it at all. And, and But that took two months to figure out how to do. Because like, you know, like how do you make a wheel well? And uh, all of that kind of stuff. Sure. So, you know, so the first hundred trucks that came off were in a sense, hand-built. Uh, and then then we got a CNC machine and then that changed everything. And and we got to rock it into what we you know we do now. I used to have a jig that every aerial ladder that I made was exactly the same because yeah. I had one jig and it made, it was either a 75 foot, a 95 foot, 100, 105, um, and it was the same piece. So now, you know, we have the luxury that we can, we can build the aerial and make it actually look like the aerial itself so so i remember when we were talking you sent me a picture i think it was you sent me a picture and you said here's a shelf in the background and right. it had like some of your early works yep. up until these works and it's like it really is a progression of oh, yeah. you know and as you went i mean obviously the equipment got better 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 but you also the know-how got better oh, right? so but this was your you you mentioned your father earlier mm -hmm. who was in the woodworking too mm -hmm. right so i guess a lot of it stems from your yeah. upbringing and, and so on, right? And then, Absolutely. okay, and then getting into it. So how did the name? And, oh, the name, okay. So, you know, you're just goofing around with this and then you get that point where you go, hey, you, you know, I think we can do something yeah. with this. So let's let's try a little bit bigger. And, you know, I'm at the fire station and I'm like, I gotta come up with a name. And, you know, and the guys are, they're bouting out, you know, opinions about this sure. and everything. And then, you know, no, no conversation in the fire service stays linear. It's serpentine. Right. You know, so now all of a sudden we're talking about tacos and then we come back over here. And then that one guy goes, 
dude, did you have that woodchop teacher that you know, only had like six fingers? And I was like, oh, that's it. I was like, oh, that's the name. That's the name. Six finger fireman woodwork. And, and they're like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I'm like, perfect. That's, you know, so that's how it came about was, was just sitting around the firehouse and, you know, and they're all talking. That's about, hysterical. You know, that's like, great. For me, I'm, I'm focused. I'm like, dude, I got to come up with a name because I got to do this. And I got to do this. And I got to do this. And they're over there going, hey, what are you going to do tomorrow? I'm like, come on, focus, focus. And, but if I, if <laughs> I. What kind of do you want? Right, right. <laughs> so if I think if I had, if I had kept them on that path, we never would have gotten there. So you just yeah. at some point, you know, I just sit back and go, go. You know, just buckle up, hold on, let's see where it takes us. And, and that's where it took us. So. I was just with a couple of machinists the other day. Not any of them. Three different machinists I had in the meeting I was with them. And we were talking about some machinery and so on. And uh, none of them had ten fingers. Yeah. None of them. Yeah. I think every machinist <laughs> I know, whether woodworking or mechanic or something, they either have a stub, right. missing a finger, right. their whole hand's messed up. Or there's a chunk gone. Oh, man. I'm ta- that's hysterical. That's I, didn't even, I didn't even think of that. That's funny. Yeah, that's, that's very how, funny. That's how it came about. So, uh, that fits your humor, too. I yeah. Think, which is, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, I think it's like I said before, you know, a lot of the bumps that I ran into, it, yep. was, it was either my dad was helping me through it, my kids were helping me through it, or, or, the, or the people at the fire station were helping me through it. Yeah. We did a the Spamfish show out in Colorado, and, and the one in Colorado is really good, but it's limited just because of the size of where we're at. And uh, a department out east had a, what they call the 1903 Rapids. So basically what it looked like was a horse-drawn cart that somebody had stuck a gas motor on it. And they had restored this thing, and they're wheeling it out the back of the trailer. And I leaned over to my dad, and I'm like, you better figure out how we're going to build that. That's cool. Because he's coming over here. And he goes, you think? I'm like, oh, he's coming over here. So about two hours later, overcomes the fire chief and he goes he says well he goes i like what you're doing do you think you can make me one and i said well i got to talk to engineering there's a lot of detail on that <laughs> he goes okay he goes when do you know he goes how long do you think that'll take i'm like i don't know so i leaned over to my dad I'm like did you figure it out he goes yep I said yeah i talked to engineering they said they got it all figured out we'll get it done. So, you know and uh, then it was like a couple years later we were down there and you know we get lots of questions um I, I can tell you, I know the questions you guys are going to ask because that's, you know, we of get course. them all the time. Of course. And I got this guy walks up and he goes, those are pretty neat. He goes, where do you buy those kits at? I said, you go down to Home Depot. They're aisle six. <laughs> and <laughs> next to us is there's a Home Depot booth there. And I didn't think anything about it. So we're just kind of throughout the day. Oh, they all went over and this there. lady comes over and she goes, I've been on the phone with corporate and we don't know where these kits are that you're talking you about. Gotta <laughs> no, you got to be kidding me. That is it's, incredible. It's the pine boards on aisle six. You just gave them you cut them up. That's and awesome. And she's like, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I, but to speak of modeling, right? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is absolutely a craft. It's art in my eyes. But like, you were thinking like scaling into mass produced. Um, I'm just curious. Yeah, you know, I've had a couple of people go, "Hey, can you can you do the portion of it um, before you you know you slice it out on the bandsaw and send it to me?" And I'm like, "Well, I go kind of you know part of the fun of it for me is is, sure. is I get to see your truck develop, and I get to do all the research on it, which which makes that part of my brain that's all about order happy, and then." When I build it, the part of my brain that likes to just go crazy really enjoys that portion of right. it. And, and I don't like building the same truck twice because that, that's not as, to me, that's not why I want to do it. Could I get into a thing where we make one truck and we do it over and over again? Sure. Then it's a job. Right. And my job, if I'm going to do that, it better pay really, really well. Yeah, I get it. And I get it. So this, 
this this isn't that this this is a hobby that people pay me to do so um and the thing is is you know we get to see it a lot um is when you bring the truck in and you set it down sure and and the guy goes that's my truck and you're like perfect that's exactly well today i mean you walked in the studio you opened up the hatchback of your car in the parking lot right and all the wood and, fell out. And I was like, I'm <laughs> right. like leaning down, like looking at it. It's covered in a blanket. And I'm like, there it is. There it is. There it is. Chief, what's the, is there, is there, a, is there a piece that you built that you are extremely proud of or that had sentimental value to you that you were just like, wow, this one, this one means something special? You know, I think all of them do because each one's going to be something to somebody. Um, you know, like this one here, your guys' tiller that led me here this is, um yeah this one here it's leading us up to seagrave and you know and we're i've already talked to a couple people up there kind of interesting the guy that we were staying with the other day his brother works for seagrave and he goes hey my brother called me and said he got to be part of the group that made the decision on what truck to buy and you're like oh that's kind of funny you know small little world and all that so is there is there one no, they're they're definitely all that. Nothing that stands out though. No, not really. Okay. I mean, if we brought yeah. all, I mean, I think this one's three hundred twenty-eight. I was gonna ask how many. Maybe three. Maybe it's three thirty. No, this is three three three. Do you number them all? They're all numbered. They're okay. all numbered and signed. Um, yours are attached. If but if you looked underneath it, it would be signed. Um, Do you keep a log? Yeah. Oh, I have a picture of every truck I built. I know I, I got a little PowerPoint presentation for that part of my brain that likes to be. Yeah. And. Uh, it's got a name of who it went to, who bought it, um, if there was something new that had done it. So, you know, as the as, as the woodworking developed, there were monumental leaps on stuff. Like, I used to not do mirrors. So then all of a sudden, you know, that became the big thing was, so you would put that in there. And then I started adding windshield wipers and, you know, little things like that. So, um, yeah, I got, I got every truck. I can tell you where it went, uh, who bought it, uh, you know, when they ordered it. Um, I got all the pictures they sent me. So if I need to go back and you know do another truck at another time, I can use it for reference. I think um, I think for myself, I, I, I'm um, blown away by your generosity. One for the one that's sitting here today, and, and our friendship that has developed over it. And I'm I'm looking forward to the next hundred years with you. Sure, and, and, uh, right, absolutely. The amount of projects I think that we'll probably get into together because mm -hmm. I I really enjoy surrounding myself with just people that bring. Um, just a, a, an incredible passion to fire service, and, and you are certainly one of them. But I have to, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. Um, we did a on tap uh, fundraiser for Lieutenant Jason Menard out of mm -hmm. Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, and we had just an incredible outpouring of support from sponsors and people that uh, gave to the uh, silent auction we did and Tricky Tray, if you will. Um, and of course, uh, you know, we had <clears throat> a lot of different types of prizes and to be won. And one of them was a remake of Worcester Ladder 5, mm -hmm. which was the tiller that uh, Jason Menard wrote on. A um, little backstory on that, Chief. I mean, you had built that truck previously. Yeah, I always thought, because it was a Schmiel truck, and I, just, right. I thought it was cool looking. Yeah. You know, so you're like, ah, I want to build that. And, and, you know, I built it and sold it to somebody a long time ago, and then... You know, when we heard about, you know, what had happened and seeing what you guys were doing, um, you know, for me to build a ladder truck uh, from start to finish is about 100 hours. But because I've already built it, you know, we could have probably eliminated about 40 hours of all that, you know, that previous stuff. I, I build them just like the big the big ones do. 80% um, of the work is paperwork, uh, you know, from that standpoint. And, 
you know, we tried to, I tried to figure out a way to get it done and actually get back here with it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, if we had three more days, three more days, yeah. could, you know, you could have done it. And uh, so, you know, it, it, it's not the way that I'd hoped for, but I, I think, you know, I think it turned out exactly the way it needed to, you know, because I even got comments from his family, you know, on the face, on my Facebook account. And I was like, holy crap. Yeah. You know, I just figured I was cutting wood in the shop and making some sawdust and having a good day. And you, sometimes you just don't understand that who you reach and, and, and what the outcome can be. So, yeah. And, and I, and I just wanted to thank you from the bottom of my heart to, to be a part of that. Um, you helped us raise over $17,000 that for the family. Fantastic. And, um, that was, I think in our two and a half years of doing this, yeah. I think that's probably the proudest moment I have going, mm -hmm. um, just to be able to give back like that. And it was only because of the generosity of, of gentlemen like yourself and yeah. companies and individuals that really stepped up. And I just, I just wanted to give you a thank you yeah. for that. It meant the world. And, um, and I know it's in a good home yeah. and, uh, yeah. and, and so on. So it's very cool um, that you do projects like that too. You mentioned you worked with the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation. Done that a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. And I just, you know, I, and that's the one thing that always struck me too, is that, you know, the amount of time that goes into these, I mean, start to finish, what is the... Well, we kind of, what I say is like an engine's 40 hours, a ladder truck can be up to 100, right? You know, depending so on you're, the detail. So you're talking like the tiller, right? This aeroscope, I mean, you're talking a project upwards of 100 hours of your time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That goes into the creation, the thought process, the creation, the, the, and the manufacturing of it. And all that time that goes into that, and then the materials, and then so often you're doing these for good causes. And Yeah, we, we try to do at least three to four a year. That's incredible. Um, you know, and um, at the beginning, we kind of had to search them out and now we don't, you know, they come find us, which, uh, yeah. you know, makes it a lot better. Uh, we, you know, we've done some, like a, a buddy of mine, his wife is really big in a, a, an organization that started off by doing backpacks for kids to school. And then that thing has blown up into this huge, huge, uh, you know, fundraising. And they wanted a truck and I'm like, well, the, the, there's certain areas where the truck's going to make you the money that you think it's going to make. This is not one of those areas. So we ended up making a, a you know a little serving tray. We you know we got to go down there and and you know and see all the stuff that you know the people were doing from that standpoint. And uh, you know my my dad taught me to give back. I teach my kids to give back. Um, I'll be honest with you. I sleep better at night. And um, and people you know I'm sure they benefit from it. But I'll, I'm a little selfish. I sleep better at night. Yeah, you know, getting getting to do that stuff, and it's and it's always fun because you get to you get to meet more people, and um, you know, like when we were at that auction for the the backpack lady, they also sponsor um, like art classes after school, and this young lady had painted this very nice painting, and, and they auctioned it off, and it got up to five thousand dollars. Wow! And uh, the two gentlemen that were were bidding against it, uh, you know, they sold it for five, and the other guy got really angry, and he stood up and he goes, "Well, I don't think that's fair." And he goes, well, you know, this is kind of the bidding process. And the young lady was there and he said, would you paint me that again? And she said, sure. And he goes, good. I'll give you 7,000. <laughs> wow. You know, so, I mean, from that standpoint, you know, yeah. you, you look at it and you go, especially being in, in the fire service there, there's days where you don't meet the best people. I get and, it. Yeah. You know, and that gets hard. And then you get moments like this where you meet a bunch of really great people and you're like, okay. Things are good. Called us great. Yeah. He started about he started about you guys. <laughs> so we did uh, one of the guys. Um, uh, he's a he's a firefighter uh, in a neighboring department. 
and his engineer, he's got, the engineer's got two younger brothers, and one of them came down with cancer. And so he says, hey, we, you know, we do this fundraiser, and, and they called me, and they're like, hey, you know, we want to kind of have you do it. And I'm like, all right, well, you're not doing it for firefighters, you're, you're bringing the general public. Do not put me as the, as the big sell-all piece, because you're going to be sadly disappointed, because... You know, if we took these, these trucks to just a, a normal auction, we'd get maybe 50 to 100 bucks for them. Right. Um, so we go up to this thing, and, and there was a nice lady, she was the auctioneer, and she's like, oh, I'm going to get 1500 And I'm like, no, you, no, you're not going to get 1500 And she goes, I'm going to get 1500 I said, all right, I'll make you a deal. I said, if you can get 750 you add another truck. So just throw another truck in there. I says, my plan is, this was like three weeks before Thanksgiving. I said, you know, whoever gets it will... We'll, Tell them the truck will be done by Thanksgiving. I'll just move it up to the top of the line. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll work a little extra hard. We'll get it up to the top of the line. So I had a, I had a New York City um, aerial scope there that I brought to show what we could do, and we had it in the, gla in the, in the plexiglass case. First plexiglass case we ever built. Of course, halfway through the event, everybody's drinking up a little storm, and I get this big old farmer comes up, and he leans on the case, and I'm like, Oh, no. All right. Well, it helped. Cool. We're good to go. No. He's like, Can you build a tractor? And I'm like, Kind of tractor. He goes, John Deere. I said, Is there any other type? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, and he, he, I was like, You got it? And he goes, Yeah. I go, Sure, I'll give it a shot. So the lady gets up, she starts doing the auction thing. And this guy raises his hand. He's like, If I win, can he build me a combine? And I'm like, Whoa, sure, we'll give it a try. What, what the heck? And man, she just ran that thing up, and next thing you know, it's at fifteen hundred. And I'm like, oh, I gotta start charging more money for my trucks, you know. And uh, and so she goes, she stops, and and you know they sold the truck, and she looked at me, and I said, yeah. And, and she goes to the other guy, she goes, will you buy one for fourteen? And he goes, oh, absolutely. And she goes, and both trucks will be done by Thanksgiving. And I'm like, oh crap. Oh, oh, oh man. <laughs> you know, you're just sitting there yeah, going, right? Hmm, yep. Sure. Oh. Let's say I got a work shift. Um, mm -hmm. It's the holidays. Oh yeah, we'll figure. But kids. Yeah. <laughs> but we got it done. We got it done. So wow. you know, and it's that stuff. You know, that stuff's just God, that's just so much fun to you know to go be part of it and and uh, you know like when we were doing stuff for Lieutenant Menard. You know, like I said, his family reached out and you know, and you're reading this stuff and and I believe I got a comment from his dad, his mother, and his wife. Is that right? I, I believe so. Wow. And and you know, so you're just. You know, you're sitting there and you're holding and you're going, oh my God, these people just need to get through tomorrow. And they took the time yeah. to find me and, 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 and to make a comment. And, you know, it, it, it reassures me that humanity is good. Yeah. Just sometimes we, we have bad days. So, yeah. But, yeah, definitely a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I, yeah. Are there things on this that are, like, standard that you do, like, ladders? Are you making similar? No. Everything is to the piece. Yep, to the piece. Yeah, I kind of like when I when I draw the trucks up. I do have a little library that I can pull stuff from. Yeah. Um, but you know, like for this one, this is the first time I ever did it, a nine hundred series tiller with a roof. So because most people like them without them, right? But not you guys. No, we we gotta be different. <laughs> we gotta, gotta be different. Chief. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, Chief, tell me about those uh, those plans we were talking about. <laughs> So the first time that I had a, a, an ALF engine that I was getting ready to do, it was uh, for a guy down in Denver. So we went over, we looked at the truck, took a whole bunch of pictures, got the tape measure out. You know, there's no blueprints anymore right. for stuff like that. <clears throat> so we built the truck and, and I brought it back to him and, and uh, he goes, 
he says, oh, that's fantastic. I'm like, I go, yeah, this one was challenging, you know, no blueprints or nothing. He goes, oh, I got the factory drawings inside in a frame. And I'm like, it's a little late now, but, <laughs> yeah, but thank right? you. Yeah. So then I started getting on like eBay and starting to look at, you know, some of the stuff that would show up. So I ended up finding a guy who was selling um, an American LaFrance drawing of a, like a 90 foot snorkel. And it was 10 bucks, so I bid on it, and uh, I, got the, I got the drawing, and then you know, he sent it to my house, and I sent him a couple of pictures of the stuff I do. This is, I said, here's what I'll be doing with, you know, with the drawing. About two weeks later, this big old box showed up in my house, and the guy was a, a salesman for American La France. Wow. And he had tons of drawings, and he's like, well, these will be better spent you know, with you. And I was like, oh, that's pretty fantastic. That's awesome. So, you know, of course, the only thing he didn't have was a tiller. Right. Um, God, that'd of be course. too easy yeah, from, you know, from that course. standpoint. But then... Probably one of the more interesting ones is, is uh, on eBay I found, uh, I think it was Minneapolis, their truck six or seven or eight or something like that. So it's a 53 Mac B tiller. Very cool. And and it is the blueprints. I mean, it's, it's you know, three feet by two feet. It's all whatever that blueprint paper is and all this. So I take it and I draw it, I put it in my computer. <clears throat> I call the department up and I'm like, hey, I have these. They do not need to be at my house. They need to be with you guys. And they're like, we're not interested. I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. He goes, well, you can try the museum. So I called the museum and I said, hey, they need to be there. They don't need to be here. They're like, nah, we don't want them. We don't want them. So, um, you know, this weekend here, we met some new people and uh, I got a link or, uh, you know, talked to one guy and he's going to ask around and see who, you know, who wants it because it does not need to be sitting in a drawer in Colorado. I might have, I might have somebody for you. Yeah. If you don't have somebody. Yeah. I, it's, yeah. And it, it's funny because somebody gave me a, a white helmet once and, and they were like, oh, yeah, I got this leather helmet, you know. And I'm like, where'd you get it from? And they're like, oh, I got it on a yard sale. It was 20 bucks. And I'm like, this is a leather knee worker. It's like and, an old 5A or something that's and, like, you know. And, you know, I, I didn't, at, at that point in my career, I didn't even know to look into it. Right. All I know is I flipped it over, and it said Wappingers Falls Fire Department. Oh, cool. And one of the guys that I worked with at the time, Chris Burke, his father was still the, the chief of Wappingers. So I just bought the helmet to him and said, hey, Chris. And this doesn't this doesn't belong to me. Like somebody gave right. it to me, but this like do, do you or your dad want it? And like right. he was real happy. You know, so like that's and I'm, I don't want to say it's shocking, but like it's you know it's about, it's yeah. it's, <laughs> com it's very commonplace though. I mean, I yeah. went since we've been doing this and all the relationships we've had. I mean, I think of guys like Bobby Eckert and Pete Callen and guys that love their cities Danny. where they're firefighters. Danny McCauley. Oh yeah. These are these are guys that love their fire departments, love the city they're in, but they love collecting. Mm -hmm. And so if they can find anything of any of their good friends at a, at a, at a sale or anywhere that they can pick up, yeah. they will. Right. You know, if it's a reasonable, like a knickknack or something, a sure. badge for 20 bucks that's for the city of, you know, Brighton or, you know, right. whatever, right? right? Like, you know, and I think that's just interesting that, um, you know, collectors have that mindset. It's, it's keeping that tradition alive, you know, it's passing that forward. So I love that about that. Yeah, I'm more than happy to keep it in my house, but... That's not where it belongs. So anyway, so the I mean that's so if we got I might have somebody for your Mac okay. prints if you yeah. don't have somebody lined no, up. Not yet. But I think too like you're like a steward of 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 the history of these trucks. Like I, you know, you said that you know building the trucks is one thing. That's your sanity and, and you enjoy that. But it's the the journey of it. Oh <clears throat> yeah, most definitely. And and you know you get to meet like this weekend. You know I met a couple guys and and. You know, you walk away and you go, yeah, he's smart as I thought I was. <laughs> I feel 
feel that way every day. <clears throat> I kind of feel like I've been a t-ball player that I got to go, you know, go sat on the big field at the yeah. major leagues and go, ooh, I do not know yeah. as much as I thought I did. And, yeah. and so, uh, you know, that part's really humbling, but it's, but it's good, you know, because now you go, okay, now there is this next level and, you know, and let's go find out what this next level is and, and, and making those contacts where I can say, hey, I got this truck I'm working on. Tell me what you know about what could have been or what should have been, and and you know, and to be able to replicate it even better from that standpoint. Yeah, that's cool. How often do you get to work off of the blueprints or something? Similar? So I'd say, I'd say probably seventy percent of what I get that people order is modern day. So you know, we can get stuff from the factory um, or from their websites. So a lot of you know, the other thirty percent is no. Um, my skill really isn't woodworking. My skill is the ability to see scale. Got it. And so, you know, mm -hmm. as we build trucks, um, like this weekend again, we were looking at, uh, I think it was a Franklin Mint uh, Philly Tiller truck. And I was with the two gentlemen. And I'm like, can you pick up what's wrong with the truck? And they're like, no. And one of them said, he goes, I always thought something was off. And I'm like, yeah, the cab's about a 16th inch too high and it needs to be about an eighth of an inch longer. And he's like, that's it, that's it. So um, <clears throat> I think that's what makes the trucks look that much more impressive because, you know, I can see it. Um, you know, when I'm drawing these blueprints or, or these drawings, like a guy sent me that traditional fire truck picture and it was a, like a 1936 uh, 500 series American with France and his dad was on the truck and he wanted the truck. And I'm like, you got any more photos? And he's like, nope. <laughs> and you're not going to get them. So, right. you know, I kind of look at it and I started drawing it up. And, and, you know, when I got it done and I said, okay, here's what I'm thinking it looks like. And he's like, boy, that's spot on accurate. So, you know, I kind of cleaned it up a little bit and sent it to him. And I said, here you go. You got the only copy of a 500 series American with friends print that I know. No of, kidding. You know? That's cool. So, um, you know, it's not the original, but it's 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 pretty dangerous. So you're generally doing modern trucks as opposed to <clears throat> antiques. Yeah, pretty much. Is that your choice? Or no, is that it's people just whatever comes up. Modern yeah. driving it. Huh. Yeah. And how far out are you, man? I want to order one. When when am I gonna get it? Uh, we're so I hate to say this, but <laughs> we're not taking orders now. I'm yeah. three and a half years behind. That is incredible. So, um, you, you need know, more kids. I, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> That's what I need. Yeah, the guys were kind of joking. Like, so when you come back from the East Coast, what are we going to do? Start building, you know, ladders out in the bay and bumpers in yeah. the kitchen. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, that, that's, that's, that's how it is. But, um, yeah, you know, um, I'm not sure where we're going to go, uh, you know, with it. Uh, you know, I, I, I know we're still going to build them. I just don't know. Like, part of me wants to get into the retirement gig. And, and doing stuff for retirement because, um, like, I had a guy called me up. He was from College Station, Texas. Yep. He goes, yeah, the department gives us 500 bucks, and I don't want one of them stupid axes. I want one of your trucks. I'm like, all right, well, what do you want? You know, and, you know, we were able to, you know, build him that truck for him. So, um, you know, that may be an avenue. We might just go solely into fundraising. Um, uh, we might just go, hey, we're only doing 10 trucks this year. We'll put it on. Like Facebook, and you got to bid for the slot. I, I don't know. You know yeah, it's that's so far down the road. I get it. Uh, you know, we just have to wait and see what happens. See where see where it takes us. I think it's fantastic, yeah. man. It's it's you know it's so exciting to to be on the outside looking into a quality product driven by incredible people, and then you see that the demand is there, and it's just doing so much good. Not only are you doing the fundraisers, but it is putting a few bucks in your pocket, rightfully mm -hmm. so. And it's falling in love with a hobby. I mean, one thing is most guys, most guys that are career firemen uh, found their love, you know, their mm -hmm. career firemen. They love being a fireman. 
Right. But then outside of it, to, to have a hobby like this where you actually, this is your sanity in oh, most, yeah. most days, yep, you absolutely. know, where, where you know, you have such passion and love for it, um, there's something to be said for that. And um, just looking at these two pieces and talking with you today, getting to know you and your son today has just been an incredible day for me and uh, for the rest of the guys, I'm sure. But, um, well, we're going to shoot some more content, but I think we're going to wrap the episode. Okay. But I do, oh, no, we need to talk about one more thing. Your okay. sample board. Well, yeah. People so. always want to know, right? Yes. So two things, right? One, they don't come painted. Don't even ask. Nope. They're not coming painted. Nope. They're natural. Right. Right. You lose all the detail if you, you lose. And I agree with that. And there's a lot of detail. Absolutely. Yeah. But secondly, is how do you get the the print or the graphics or right. the drawing done? So a lot of people think it's a sticker. It's not actually a sticker. Right. Wood is actually carved out. So I don't know how well this is going to show up on your camera, but we've got the Tiller Time logo here. So when it's cut out, you can see that that uh, you, you can see the pattern that's cut. Right. And then we smear a whole bunch of putty on it and filler and then we sand it and then that's how that okay. that's how that gets done out. So um, so every one of these little details on this truck is actually... It's carved in the wood. Carved into the wood. Yep. Holy mackerel. Yeah, I go through a lot of filler at my house. Wow. So I think the local Home Depot's probably the only one they're like, yeah, for some reason we sell about a hundred jars of that filler every month. You know, <laughs> Gee, I wonder who that is. Just that one store kind of a thing. So, um, yeah, so. But again, that's the attention to detail that's on these. And we're going to do some close-up imagery and so on in a few minutes here of these trucks. But uh, I just, you know, really, I mean, I just want to say thank you. Um, one, you know, your generosity for the fundraiser. Yeah. And then the generosity of, of bringing um, a tiller home for us, which yeah. is just so cool. Um, you know, a little backstory real quick is, you know, the whole tiller time thing was always something I played with in my head. And I said, you know, as National Fire Radio, trying to get some branding and marketing out there, like looking for that little like, you know, hook, if you will. Sure. And it was like, oh, it's tiller time. It kind of just worked, you know. And I don't know if anybody's ever done that before or like had, you know, that I'm sure that saying's been around or whatever. Probably, but, yeah. but to do what we did with it and to come up with the logo on it, we have an incredible uh, logo guy on Instagram, BT Create, who just does incredible work for us. He does all our logos. Um, he's like, well, what kind of truck do you want? He's not even a fireman. He knows nothing about firefighting, but he's just a graphic artist and he does incredible work. So I'm like, and I didn't know what kind of tiller I wanted. Mm -hmm. Like when I did this two years ago, I'm like, I have no idea. So really it was Google Images and I'm scrolling through and I'm looking at different types of tillers and I know I wanted an old school and... Mm -hmm. You know, so on. And then I just something about that out front. Yep. The rounded oh, yeah. front with oh, the yeah. extended wheel wells. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, for me, the nostalgia, I mean, I grew up in a fire service in the, in the 90s, you know. So I didn't get to ride on, you know, 60s rigs, if you will. Right. But I did ride on some open cab apparatus or canopy top. I get corrected all the time now with open cab. Yeah. Well, you guys had canopy tops. We had the last, second to the last Aaron's Fox. That was You're also 100 even, years old. Top didn't even it. have a top. That's <laughs> correct. That's correct. It's great when it was snowing. So, yeah. No, it wasn't. But, so it was It was that thing. So we, I, I settled on the ALF with mm -hmm. the Morris light in the front because right. it was unique. It just set it apart. But then when you, so that was a Google image. So somebody owned that truck that I, that I sampled it off of. And then, and then you bring it fast forward. We were talking about it when you offered to do it. And we were talking about the details of it. You really educated me as to the background on this tiller and, and the details that go with it. And what, right. what year, you know, the fact is 900 series. It's what, mid to late 60s, you yeah, think? Yeah, I think that's about the era. You know, and so on. So, I mean, it's just uh, super cool 
to see it just come full circle from a from a graphic image that we use for branding and marketing to yep. you know to a physical product is just incredible. Um, but I just I really, I mean, I can't thank you enough for your generosity, your friendship. Um, I'm looking forward to doing so much with you down the road and, so and we. whatever we can do to help you promote this incredible product and, and to get it out there because I, I really think you're doing incredible things for the fire service. Um, and, uh, and they're beautiful and, yeah. uh, you're documenting history and I love it. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you guys having us here. Awesome. It was definitely a great journey for us. And cool. And very excited. To enjoy be the rest of your road trip. You still got uh, yeah. a few days left yeah. on your... 2,000 miles to go, baby. 2,000 miles to go. Cool. Um, on, on your way to go drop this beautiful Dale City aerial scope off at Seagrave. Yep. yep. And uh, shout out to Dale City, who uh, you were down there yesterday. Yep. Um, yeah. Dropping off uh, the twin. So uh, yeah. you made two of them. But... Um, just incredible. And um, you know, you're so gracious and you're a true gentleman. And I wish you the best with the rest Thank of your you. career. Thank 34 you. years on the job. And um, I'm sure you got a couple left in you, I hope. Yep. Oh, and uh, Good. And um, <laughs> you have an open invite here anytime. And well, Charles, thank thanks for joining us too, pal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, thank you. Great storytelling. Thank you. Good. Good luck. Tell me where everybody can find you. They can see your, your works of art on social media. Right. we got a, um, an Instagram account. Uh, Facebook account, which is the you know the Six Finger Fireman, and then a website. We do all the updates on the truck only on the Instagram account. So uh, when you know when we buy real trucks, it, it's always neat when the factory sends you sure. photos. So we kind of try to mimic that same thing too. Uh, it goes quick when we build. It you know most people figure oh it's going to take like three or four weeks. Once once the build starts happening, it goes pretty fast. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's where we, that's where we keep all the updates. Um, from Good. that standpoint, so it'll keep my daughter busy as the yeah. as the social media person. There it is, absolutely. Yeah. Well, listen, brother, family business. I love it. Um, I appreciate and cherish your friendship. Thanks for being here. Thank you. And for everybody listening, thank you. Go check out our friend, um, Six Finger Woodworking Fireman. Six Finger Fireman Woodworking. Fire. <laughs> Six Finger Woodworking Fireman. Well, no, you got to read it the other oh, way. Oh, all right. Well, I keep giving... I'm sorry. I, now keep, that makes sense why you guys... See? Well, you're wearing it, and so yeah. it's like, yeah, all right. I get it. Here, right here. So, perfect. Six go. Finger Fireman Woodworking. Right. Check them out. Incredible, incredible product. So, Rob, take us out of here. I can't. He can't. He's it's got a, I mean, it's just it's too much with the trucking process. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's... Tucker, wrap us up. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a shot. All right. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for everybody watching from uh, National Fire Radio, Rob, Jeremy, Tucker. Thank you very much.